0: You know, being a Democrat president has to be like the best gig if you can get it. I'm serious. It has to be just easy. You get a ton of power and influence, right? And then only a fraction of the accountability. I'm dead serious. If you can get that job, if you can fall your way up into the job like President Joe Biden has every step of his career, best job in the world. Welcome to Tony Catch today. 833 Got Tony, if you want to talk to me. I'm not Tony, I'm Jake. I'm just filling in for Tony, Nation of Jake in. You can get in touch with me, like I said. 833 Got Tony, or if you want to tweet at me, at Nation of Jake. Couple other things going on, on the Twitter as well. I have put my feelers out. We need to take Ari Castle to school. All right, My man Ari Castle, the producer of Tony Katz today. He's not as well-versed in 80s movies as maybe he should be. I I get he's a little young for the 80s. I I was born in the 90s. That's fine. You know, I I was born in the 70s, but I still know my history. Do you know your 50s movies? Yeah, I know my 50s movies, all the Cary Grant stuff. All right, then. I know my 50s music. I go back, and by the way, you cannot equate you being born in the 90s, not knowing 80s movies, to me being born in the late 70s, not knowing stuff from the 50s. All right. Just just saying that's that's another thing we're going to get into as Ari Castle is with me, as always here on Tony Cats today. But I'm I'm serious about this Democrat president thing. I mean, you you get to take the oath of the presidency, uh, not have any news conferences for something like 60 days. Uh, You've got a media that's going to cover for you. Not only are they going to cover for you, they're going to act as your publicists. They're going to be your your propaganda arm, so to speak. When you do finally, as Joe Biden did after 60 days, give a press conference, they're not even going to ask you questions. They're just going to get up and and kind of promote an agenda for you. It's the easiest job. In the world, it, look, you might have to dodge the slings and arrows of the Fox News of the w- world, you know, uh, the media landscape. You've got the, the Fox News and the OAN and maybe a few websites here and there, but you're largely going to be treated pretty favorably by the press machine. All right. Now we have uh, the country's most active senior, Joe Biden, who just gets to do whatever he wants. You just come. All you have to do as a Democrat president is show up and tax and spend. It's very simple. Joe Biden, all he has to do is say, look, we are going to raise taxes on the very rich. And we're going to do this in the name of all these great things, these platitudes. Just You speak in platitudes. Joe Biden is speaking tonight for the first time to a joint session of Congress. And look, here's what he's going to do. He's going to get up there. And he is going to talk about how he has restored uh, norms and he is a respectable uh, president who is now in office and everything is fine and everything is great. He'll denounce bad things that happened or are happening, and then he will promote universally good things. Seriously. So I expect a litany of platitudes. He'll say things like, oh, yeah, I believe in equality and I believe in fairness and I believe in education and I believe in children and middle class and families and good things. Good things are good. And then he'll denounce things that everybody knows are bad, like racism, poverty, injustice, and the Snyder cut of the Justice League. That's what he'll do. He will get up there and everybody will clap because he'll say, oh, these good things are good. Things that everybody in the world agrees are good. He will say are good and things that everybody in the world agrees are bad. He'll say they're bad and he will be lavished with praise and everybody will talk about how, Oh, he has restored this decorum to the, to the office of president. And yeah, it's an easy thing to do when you're coming off uh, the Trump administration where Donald Trump was, let's say unconventional as president Uh, He would say things that you're not used to hearing presidents say. And then he was also just savaged by the media. So not only was Donald Trump a little rough around the edges, he was also just openly attacked by the mainstream media. It was kind of like flipped. It was kind of inverse of what Joe Biden faces. You see, Joe Biden will be treated favorably by the media as a whole. And then he might have a tough question from the Fox News A tough question from CBS on occasion, but it's totally the upside down from where Donald Trump was, where everybody from every major news outlet was just on the offense. And he might get a reprieve from a more conservative, more Republican friendly outlet like a Fox News, right? So we're just seeing it operate in the upside down, like on Stranger Things, so to speak. But so tonight, Joe Biden will deliver. His first address to Congress, um, this is going to, I'll just say, it's going to come well, about 100 days. What are we, on the 99th day of his administration? So no, he'll over, be able to, what, what, where are we? Over 100. We're over 100? I don't know, I was reading 99, 100. We're in, that, we're in that range where he can say, I said in my first 100 days, we're going to have 100 million people vaccinated. And we got 200 million people vaccinated. I said in my first hundred days we were going to and then he'll just kind of throw out all these goals that he underestimated and shot way past. So I'm, I'm expecting to hear a lot about his coronavirus response, which is really a continuation of the response that was put in place in the previous administration, given that the vaccine and Operation Warp Speed, Donald Trump will get no credit for any of that. Of course. And why would you? Listen, if I'm if I'm if I'm Joe Biden, I'm not giving Donald Trump any credit. Just like if I was Donald Trump, I would give President Obama no credit. I don't expect Joe Biden to praise Donald Trump at all. In fact, quite the opposite. I think he's going to bring up the January 6th incident at the Capitol. He'll call it an insurrection. He'll say that it was incited by President Donald Trump. Uh, and there's a lot coming out about that as we move forward here on Tony Katz today with Nation of Jake filling in. Uh, there's there's a lot of uh, stories from the January 6th uh, siege on the Capitol that have, have turned out not to be so. It's things that we took for granted that were reported that turned out not to be true. We'll get into some of those as well. Uh, so Joe Biden tonight will give a rehearsed on-prompter speech. I do not expect any gaffes or flubs. He usually reserves those for when he's trying to speak off the cuff in front of reporters in one of those little media scrums or if he's at, out actually interacting with people. that that's when the guy has the missteps. He's usually okay if the teleprompter is working all right i so'm not I'm not going to expect any kind of uh, Joe Biden you know brain clouds tonight. Uh, that said, He's going to differentiate himself from the previous administration, which will be very easy to do. Uh, He's, again, easy job. Easy job. A lot of platitudes. A lot of believing in the middle class. A lot of believing in children and education and equality. Look, everyone believes in these things. What we disagree on in this country is the role of government in providing these things whether it's education or whether it's equality. Look, I'm all for equality of opportunity. I think anybody in this country should have equality of opportunity. Now, it's silly to think that the government should provide these opportunities. Look, I'm not going to have the same. Look, in 1997, I graduated from high school. You know who else graduated from high school in 1997? Chelsea Clinton. Do you think for a second that my opportunities and Chelsea Clinton's opportunities were equal. No, absolutely not. It is absurd for anybody to think that everybody is going to have access to equal opportunity, but we should be treated equally by the government. That's it. There's a world of difference between treating people equally and trying to make them equal. The government should not be in the business of ensuring equal outcomes they cannot it does not work cannot work and so yes when we talk about equality that's something that we all want we want people to be treated equally but it's silly absurd and wrong to think that people are going to be equal even in their opportunities there can be opportunities that i have that you don't and that you have that i don't And sometimes it's a luck of the draw, but we should be treated equally by the government. That is just different meanings behind these words, but they all sound great, don't they? Oh, yeah. And if you're a Democrat president, that's all you got to say. I believe in equality. I believe in children. And so Joe Biden is doing some stuff. You know, he's on the move. He's the country's most active senior. He's up there falling upstairs, and he's, he's out there doing a lot. He wants to spend a lot of money. He wants to spend a lot of money on things that... Hey, they sound great. Oh, yeah, all these things to benefit the middle class and the children and the education and whatnot. We'll get into those specifically, this bill that he has unveiled today. Again, easiest job in the world being a Democrat president. All you got to do is take office, get a lot of softball questions lobbed at you, and then put out a plan that is tax and spend, tax and spend, tax and spend. Details on the latest tax-and-spend scheme from President Joe Biden when we return on Tony Cassaday with Nation of Jake in for Tony uh, today. You know who was best and just all the platitudes? Had to be Bill Clinton. When he was just say stuff like, I believe in children. I believe in education. I believe the children are the future. Peace them well. Let them lead the way. That, that kind of stuff. Where you just say, "Hey, good things are good, bad things are bad." Just talk in general platitudes, uh, and really with no conviction at all. You just say, "Yeah," and then those are the sound bites. everybody's like, "Yeah, I believe in children too. I, I think they're generally pretty cool, and they, you know you shouldn't be mean to children." Oh yeah. And if if you if you say, ah, "I don't believe in children," people get really upset because who doesn't believe in children? They're children. Come on, it's a tactic that we see a lot. Uh, here as we move forward on Tony Katz today with Nation of Jake in for Tony. Now, Joe Biden, again, easy job. I mean, we're uh, we're a hundred and something days and I'm told I haven't been you know, keeping count of the hundred days. But I know that the first hundred days of administration, at least this one, there are a lot of promises made and goals set in the first hundred days. All right. That uh, Joe Biden wanted to get uh, 100 million people vaccinated in the first 100 days. Now that's up to 200 million, because uh, these are things that were going to happen anyway. And so he just decided to put that that 100 days as a deadline on there. And then he makes him look really good, really effective. Well, now he's starting to unveil all these plans. We've seen a plan for infrastructure. We've seen a tax increase plan on capital gains. Now, here's what we have. We've got President Joe Biden's trillion down payment on the future of, wait for it, children, families, and education. That's right. So Joe Biden, he wants to invest in all these good things everybody generally likes. So it's very hard to say, no, we can't invest in families and children and education. Now, $1.8 trillion. We've talked on this program before when I've been in here for Tony, uh, Nation of Jake on Twitter, at Nation of Jake. We, we we're talking these astronomical numbers now. I mean, it used to be where $100 million was a lot of money you know, back in the 70s and 80s. You're like, wait, 100 million? And then it got to where a billion dollars was like, you, that's insane, a billion dollars. Now we're throwing around trillions, multiple trillions, like it's nothing. All right, so a $1.8 trillion bill. And where's the money going to go? $200 billion to provide free preschool to all three- and four-year-olds. All three- and four-year-olds will go to preschool at no charge. Now, I don't know about you, Ari Castle, producer of Tony Today, but I never went to preschool. I I remember being a child in the 80s. I was getting to be about two, three years old. I never went to preschool. I hung out with my mom until I was five, and it was off to kindergarten go to kindergarten. Go on. You're good. And you know what I did in kindergarten? I was like the greatest kindergartner in the world. I took my naps. I played with my Play-Doh. I got along with others. And I moved on to, to first and second grade. And fast forward, I was uh, graduated 11th in my class in 12th grade. And I was a president of the that? National Honor Society. I was a scholar, even though I didn't go to pre-K, Ari.
1: I, uh, I did go to pre-K.
0: I did it all without pre-K. Were, were you ranked 11th in your class? No. Well, the fact you that weren't. you I don't remember what my high school ranking was. I do. I, yeah, I do. You know I, why? I, that's kind of weird. You know why? Because it's enshrined in my yearbook. They put the top uh, 20 scholars, and I'm right there at 11. I uh, definitely was
1: not top 20.
0: I was also, uh, the, like I said, the president of National Honor Society. I was a scholar, and I did it all without having gone to pre-K. You know why? Because pre-K is code for daycare. That's what pre-K is. Seriously. They tell you they're teaching your kid all this stuff. It's all this stuff they're gonna learn anyway. They're gonna learn how to count, they're gonna learn how to talk, they're gonna learn all this stuff if you spend any time with your kids, right? Yeah, but some people need,
1: you know, someplace to drop their kids. Daycare,
0: yeah, exactly. Call it that then. Call it pre-K. People want to invest in education. They want to pay money for it. Ari, listen to me. It is not on me. To pay for your kids' daycare. Oh, no, no. no. I Nobody paid for my kids' daycare. Yeah, no, we're having different discussions. Okay, first of all, number one, I sent my kids to daycare. You know why? Because we had to work. It was daycare. Yeah, they taught them some stuff. They had a kind of a, got them used to the idea of going to school. Like, my kids don't remember a time where they didn't go to school. So the transition to kindergarten is easier. However, you know, we paid 1600 bucks a month to send two kids to daycare for a couple of years. All right, it's... Seems like it's pretty expensive, but when you actually uh, uh, take it on out, it was like 4 uh, four forty-five an hour because they could stay there all day. And it was great, and I was glad to pay it. Now, if somebody doesn't have kids, I would not expect them to pay for it. Right? I, I would not expect somebody who didn't have kids, who chose not to have kids, to pay for my kids to go to daycare. Sure. That's why I don't like this. Also, this whole joke that pre-K somehow makes kids better students has been... Disproven, or at least inconclusive, Vanderbilt did a study that says any gains a kid gets from pre-K, they fade by, like, first grade, maybe second grade.
1: Well, I, and, th- and I don't think that's the argument. I think people—it's the same reason people send their kids to private school, where they're, like, they want to feel like they're getting more for their buck, mm. and whether it's reality or not. Like, I
0: don't have no, a no, problem. Kids, kid, no, I think people generally send their kids to private school because the, the schools in their area are garbage. It's Because if you've got good schools not- in your area— you're sending them to public school every time, and in, in, in fact, that's why people move into neighborhoods where there are good schools. That's why those neighborhoods uh, have uh, higher house sales prices because that's an added benefit of those communities.
1: So you don't believe that like the early like baby stages like make a huge difference? Well, no, they do, but it's
0: mostly on the parents, uh, right, not fair. on no, the, no, the daycare. I'm just, I'm, have just, have I'm just citing the Vanderbilt study, and people who go to Vanderbilt are very smart. I don't have right? kids. I'm asking you. Well, that's what I'm saying. Look. I saw the benefit in sending my kid to pre-K because it was daycare I had to work. I I couldn't uh be with them. But I'll tell you right now, my kids are pretty bright little first and third graders not because of the pre-K they went to is because I've put I put in the work that I've spent the time with them when they weren't at pre-K. The the benefit I see is that I kind of had trouble. I remember when I was like five years old, I went off to kindergarten. I had trouble being away from mom because it's all I knew my kids, when they went to kindergarten, they were like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to school again because I've been institutionalized already. So I've institutionalized my kid at very early ages just to make the the emotional, uh, I guess, uh, transition a little bit easier. But either way, it's 200 billion dollars for free pre-K. And there's a whole bunch of other stuff. We'll get into more of it. Uh, I'm just not so sure it's going to be worth the price tag and how you're going to pay for it. Also, Elon Musk on Saturday Night Live. Not everybody's happy about this. We'll get into all that and more with Nation of Jake here on Tony Katz today. Tech billionaire Elon Musk will be hosting Saturday Night Live. Is that this Saturday? I know it's, it's in the near future. Yep. The not-too-distant future. Saturday night, Elon Musk. That should be interesting. There are some people who are not happy about it at all We'll get into that in just a little bit. For now, though, we're going to take a closer look at President Joe Biden's $1.8 trillion dollar bill that will be geared towards uh, helping families and children in education. Again, that's all you have to do as a Democrat president is go out and say that you're doing things for children, families, education, and then tax and spend. You don't have to be creative at all. All, all you have to do is tax and spend. Now here's where you get in trouble if you're a Republican. It's very hard for a Republican coming out of the Trump administration to start being a fiscal hawk, because you play right into that, that very, very real uh, caricature of Republicans only care about deficits and debts when there's a Democrat president. and it's largely true. So you say, Donald Trump was not a spendthrift. That dude spent a lot of money and nobody said, oh, you know what? I I think our president's spending too much money from the Republican side. All right. So that's where you've painted yourself into a corner. And it's very, very hard to be a fiscal hawk if you were in the Trump administration or supported the Trump administration wholeheartedly. All right. I have always thought that politicians spend too much money. I, I just want a giant sign in my yard that says, vote no. We don't need it. We can't afford it. All right. That's how I am. And I live my life that way. I am the cheapest sob you'll ever meet and you know what i wear that like a badge on my chest i dress i i I shop at places like ross dress for less and i'm like hey i got these shoes for like 15 dollars and i here's the thing i'll wear the same pair of shoes for like four years my cost per mile on foot is very low all right so i am no hypocrite when it comes to criticizing a 1.8 trillion dollar spending bill but again it's just you know it's it's not there's nothing creative nothing forward it's just tax and spend it's the same thing that Democrats have been doing forever I and mean, we've talked about up uh, he wants to give every three and four year old kid in the United States free pre K and that's supposed to save uh, parents a lot of money and it probably will I mean free daycare but call it daycare because you call it pre K. These kids aren't learning anything. They don't gain any long-term educational advantage by being in pre-K. It makes it easier on mom and dad. It is free daycare. Now, when you put it that way, and say you're a taxpayer who doesn't have kids, you're probably saying, hey, why should I pay for free daycare? I didn't choose to have kids. These people chose to have kids. They should have worked that into their budget to, to take care of the kids. So uh, that's, not, that's not quite the same thing is, oh, I believe in families and education. It's like, well, I, I believe in people uh, being able to uh, manage their own households. How about that? I believe in people not having to pay for other kids' daycare. But here's the thing. There are a ton of uh, quote-unquote initiatives in this bill. Um, the $200 billion to provide free preschool to all the little toddlers, that is, that is just one, one tiny bit of the $1.8 trillion. There's $109 billion to offer two years of free community college to all Americans. Uh, How about, um, just call it the 13th and 14th grade. Better yet, why not just start offering these community college tracks? Usually they're vocational, which I'm totally cool with. I love the trades. I love plumbing and electricians and pipe fitters and guys who go out and work with their hands and know how to do stuff. If you work in construction, if you're a carpenter, if anybody like that... I envy you. I only wish I had the foresight in high school when I was racking up all those academic awards to take shop, all right? Because now that's stuff I'm trying to learn on my own. And you know, if I had a, a small engines class, and I should have taken small engines one through four, it would have been so much fun, uh, but I didn't. You know why? Because back then, everybody told me that if I worked with my hands or turned a wrench, that I was uh, low class, blue collar, you're just going to be working the rest of your life. Well, you know what? Some of those guys who were in shop class, (laughs) they own their own plumbing companies now. And uh, one one guy I went to high school with, my age, I went to school with Shane Ford for years since third grade, all the way to 12th grade. You know what? He and I did not get along. And uh, now he's a retired uh, real estate guy on the uh, the, Gulf Shores. He's able to retire at 40. 40. The dude retired two years ago and retired to the beach where he dabbles in real estate. You know why? He was a plumber. Didn't go to college. Decided to go to trade school. And he'll tell you all day long, all you people going to college and get the four-year degree, you're wasting your time and money. Uh, and that, that's, that was his path. That's what he did. And you know, I'm kind of jealous, <laughs> to be honest with you. Any you know, guy can fix his own stuff. He's got rental properties. He can fix all his own stuff. Man, I mean, that, that would have been a, a really good path. Uh, for for a lot of people that I know, but all they were told, no, you got to go to college. You got it. And look, I'm not saying that Joe Biden uh, giving out you no know, free community college is the worst idea. But here's a the deal: they're already doing this in a lot of places. In, in Tennessee, they they got a program in Tennessee. It's called the Tennessee Promise. If you want to go to a two year community college out of high school, you get to go. Already doing it, and you know you know who runs Tennessee. Bunch of Republicans, bunch of far right Republicans. And that was uh, Governor Bill Haslam at the time. That was his initiative. Uh, so there are, there are things that these things are being done at the state level because these state legislatures are evaluating, hey, look at our workforce. What makes us more attractive? to These companies coming in. What what can we do? Because that is a unique uh, niche for, say, Tennessee. So I like those things to happen at the state level rather than at the federal level. Because, again, you're just going to start sending a lot of people to 13th and 14th grade, which, on on their way to getting their art history degrees and whatnot, I'd rather it be more of a focused, hey, if you go into the trades, then we will give you a little help there. And going into trade school is not that expensive. So I I don't hate that. But I think we can kind of refocus uh, the high school years into more of a vocational track. By the time you're 15 or 16, you probably have to have some sort of idea where you want to go. Now, I'm not saying you have to have it figured out, but my guy Shane, my buddy Shane, he had it figured out. That guy, good God, he's got it figured out. All right, tons more in this bill. Uh, they're going to increase the maximum Pell Grant award. That's boring. Pell Grants, $46 billion for historically black colleges and universities, uh, $9 billion for scholarships and training for teachers, Two hundred twenty-five billion to subsidize childcare for families, and so, so they actually have uh, actually more money than the pre-K to go to to childcare. Uh, so, but you have to qualify for all that stuff, so it's not going to be uh, for everyone. Um, Two hundred twenty-five billion to create a national family and medical leave program. I guess uh, FMLA on steroids. The program would provide workers up to four thousand dollars a month with a minimum of a two-thirds average weekly wages replaced, rising to 80% for the lowest-wage workers. So that's a pretty big expense, but a, a pretty big benefit for people. But see, here's the deal. How are you going to pay for all this stuff? Good question. It's going to come from raising taxes. That's it. Yeah, We're just going to raise the top tax rate on the wealthiest Americans from 37% to 39.6%. 30 um, it, it doesn't seem like a whole lot, But when you consider that the tax cuts put in place in 2017 by Donald Trump, that was the tax cut. It was at thirty nine point six percent and it went down to thirty seven percent. Here's here's where I'm not sure people are looking at it the right way. A tax cut. You know, I was told that was just a tax cut for the rich. It was all it only benefited rich people, the millionaires and billionaires that the middle class saw none of that tax cut. They saw none of the benefits. However, if, if memory serves, if we're talking about pre-pandemic Trump economy, I remember that the unemployment rate was the lowest in 50 years. Lowest unemployment in this country in 50 years, since like the late 60s, right? Do you remember that number, Ari? Lowest unemployment in 50 years? When Trump was president? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I remember no, yeah, that. Yeah, that was true. I remember uh, lowest black unemployment ever. All right, I remember that being a thing. Correct. I also remember rising wages. Uh, ra- wages were were going up, and this is all like again, it was all kind of hammered and and uh, torn up by the pandemic. The pandemic economy, uh, it, it was it was shocked. It was so. I don't see where you could say, oh well, you know. The, the economy was bad and people were suffering, so they need all this help. That things were, were kind of already going in the right direction uh, before the pandemic hit. And so going with a, a tax increase and kind of having a revisionist history of, oh, Trump cut taxes and it hurt everybody. No, it was, the pandemic is what, the, what, what uh, disrupted the economy. And now that the pandemic is looking like there's light at the end of the tunnel, we got some new CDC guidelines. I think people are are feeling like they can go out and and resume their lives as usual. And then we're seeing the uptick in the economy. So, look, it's a it's a risk. I mean, I'm not sure that Joe Biden is going to get all hands on deck to pass the bill as written. He'll get a lot of this stuff. Uh, The the one thing that I do not like about this bill, the, the thing I I like the least about this bill it's not even the tax increase, all right? It's increasing the IRS enforcement funding to audit taxpayers to make sure they're paying all the taxes. I, 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 don't, I don't like the IRS, number one. I, I don't like the IRS having more power. Um, they make people's lives miserable because, you know, what, what, are, they, what are they doing? They're just they're going through looking for people. We've seen that there's been IRS targeting under multiple administrations in this country. Uh, I, I don't like that at all. Um, you know, we've heard uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren talking about, oh, we need to, to give the IRS more power, IRS more power and uh, more funding so they can go after um, wealthier Americans to make sure they're paying their taxes. Because honestly, the wealthier Americans are the ones who can just move their money offshore. They can afford the uh, tax preparers, they can afford lawyers. Uh, so just how about this? Keep taxes as a, at a reasonable rate. And how about instead of just like tax and spend, how about mm, tax? Because you're going to well, spend less. About that. I mean, you know, if people feel like they're getting their money's worth out of the government, they'll be happy to pay taxes. But the problem is we see just how uh, inefficient it is and how much waste, fraud and abuse there is by the federal government. And, and that, my friends, is the problem, is that the government wants to do all these great things, but they are ill-equipped to carry them out. All right. En- enough of Joe Biden for the time being. Uh, I do want to talk about Elon Musk going to be on SNL. I do want to talk about Gavin Newsom facing a potential recall as the governor of California. Uh, and I want to talk about a bunch of other stuff. And, you know, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We always like to talk about the, the Disney plus Marvel stuff on this program. But I do want to answer a question that has been uh, posed to me on the Twitter at Nation of Jake on Twitter. And it's just that is like, what is the Nation of Jake and why do you insist on calling yourself that? I'll tell you all about that uh, right here with Nation of Jake on Tony Cass today. Looks like Rudy Giuliani is in a heap of it. And it looks like federal agents executed a search warrant at the Manhattan apartment of Rudolph Giuliani advancing a criminal investigation by federal prosecutors that has been underway for months, according to two people familiar with the matter. And this comes from CNN.com here on Tony Katz today. Nation of Jake in for Tony. Now, you all know Rudy Giuliani, former mayor of New York. Had high political aspirations, ran for president, well respected in his day, but he's kind of become a caricature of himself, uh, especially, especially. Do you know what? It's it's very sad that the lasting image of Rudy Giuliani that many will have is his hair dye kind of leaking down his face at that press conference uh, about the election, and that's just it. Now we have Giuliani with a uh, search warrant being served are being executed at his place. Now, this is an investigation concerning his activities in Ukraine. Uh, He has not been charged and has denied wrongdoing. Now, a spokesman for the Manhattan U.S. Attorney's Office declined to comment. Uh, The New York Times was the first to report the search. Uh, This is based on an anonymous source. Uh, I don't doubt that the uh, warrant is being executed. Uh, That said, we've, we've seen warrants executed before, That uh, have turned up uh, nothing. Uh, We've also seen warrants that have have turned up something. Just ask uh, Michael Cohen, who was in jail. Uh, CNN previously reported that investigators late last year had raised the prospect of seeking a search warrant for Giuliani's communications, but were met with resistance from Justice Department officials in Washington over the strength of their evidence. And that is, according to people familiar with the discussions. Uh, it is unusual for prosecutors to execute a search warrant on a lawyer, although Manhattan federal prosecutors have done so, uh, most notably in recent years against Michael Cohen, the aforementioned Michael Cohen, who is he in jail? Or did he get released because of coronavirus? I, I I don't know where Michael Cohen is right now, and, and I care even less. Um, that said, it looks like uh, Rudy Giuliani is going to have to uh, defend himself against any kind of Uh, Charges that may be forthcoming as a result of the warrant. I wonder what they're looking for. Look, I know and I have no doubt that there were there were shady conversations and dealings happening in Ukraine, whether it be between Rudy Giuliani and some associates over there uh, at at the direction of President Trump or not. uh, Maybe Rudy Giuliani going rogue on his own. Um, There's also Joe Biden's dealings. In the Ukraine through his son, Hunter Biden, just seems Ukraine is a really shady place to do anything. Doesn't the Ukraine have a president there who was like a comedian? Yes. At one point, like he was like an entertainer and he's uh, turned president. And, you know, he was the guy who said, look, there was no quid pro quo with the Donald Trump stuff. And and the book seems to be closed on that whole deal. That's that's um, a guy like Rudy Giuliani. Because of his associations with Donald Trump and because of things he's done and said, he's made a lot of enemies. Uh, he's going to be the subject of investigation. If there's any kind of uh, scant evidence, even of him having uh, done anything with his business dealings over there, which again, they could be related to the Trump administration or they could be independent of the Trump administration. At this point, all we know is this report, originally from the New York Times. Uh, now from CNN.com, federal agents have executed that search warrant at Giuliani's Manhattan apartment. All right, coming up, what do we got here? Oh, the new CDC guidelines. It's okay to do what you've already been doing. So keep doing it. This Nation of Jake in for Tony Katz today. Have you been vaccinated yet? That's a question people are asking each other. Uh, I, I found myself the other day, Nation of Jake in for Tony Katz on Tony Katz Today, asking a good friend of mine, a guy I hadn't seen in years. I went to an outdoor gathering, a birthday party of sorts, and I, I saw my friend, and I said, Nick, so good to see you. And, and I gave Nick a giant hug, and I, I, I just almost reflexively asked him, you been vaccinated? And he looked at me, he's like, no. I was like, well, neither have I. We just gave him a big hug anyway. I just trusted that the guy wouldn't come to the party if he had COVID. Uh, Look, I had an outdoor gathering. Nobody wore any masks. We all had fun. It doesn't seem like anybody got COVID. So I'm feeling pretty good about coronavirus. The, The response, you know, whether you want to credit President Biden, in his first 100 days with his 200 million vaccinations, or if you want to credit President Donald Trump for lifting the restrictions and getting Operation Warp Speed underway so we can have all these. Now we have choices of vaccines. Um, I should ask Ari Castle, producer of Tony Cass today,
1: have you been vaccinated? I was vaccinated on Sunday. Really? Which which shot did you get? I got the Johnson & Johnson. Oh, yes. One and done. You got the one and
0: done that may there's a infinitesimally small chance that you could get a blood clot from i uh i i'm aware of that
1: i thought it was worth the
0: risk that listen man that whole report when they had i don't know a tiny tiny fraction like not even it like not not statistically significant at all and they said oh we're gonna pause the johnson and johnson vaccine because of this blood clot issue that we found in like a tiny, 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 like six people um, that scared a lot of people out of getting that shot. And it may have scared people out of getting vaccinated because look, there's a, there's a lot of question marks as to the efficacy of these vaccines. This is something that has been, again, operation warp speed. And it kind of, it, it did exactly what it said it was going to do. It sped up the process of, and some people are uneasy about that. It doesn't make them anti-vaxxers. It makes them skeptical. Um, like my friend Nick, he has not been vaccinated. I have also not been vaccinated. And it's not because I'm afraid of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, which, by the way, uh, you were saying that it, it, it wreaked havoc on you for a while.
1: The, the way it would compare it is that if you were binge drinking, and passed out and it woke up at 3 a.m. to pee, and you're not quite drunk, but you're not quite hungover. Mm. That's the feeling it was for an entire day, where you're just like, man, this is not good. Were you were you nauseated? Were you dizzy? It just felt like I was on the precipice of a hangover, but not quite—not drunk. Super dehydrated. No, I mean I drank a dry literal, mouth. I, I I drank a metric ton of water because they told me to. Sure. It just it felt like you were about to suffer a horrible hangover. Right. Well, I mean, to me, that's just
0: like a, a terrible headache, and you just feel like you can't. You're, you're nauseated.
1: Like you're in a fog. I was in a fog the whole day. Okay. All right. Well, it, at least it did. Hold on. Did it burn your eyes?
0: It did not burn my eyes. OK, good, because that's all Johnson and Johnson's promise is the no more tears that's, thing. That's like, it's like, that is that's that is that is like the deal. That's their brand. I, I hear Johnson and Johnson. I'm like, oh, that's that's stuff I can put directly in my eyes. You could have poured the vaccine directly in your eyes, directly in your eyes you and, and, and no more tears like Ozzy's saying about. Look, it, now, look, it was there's only so much vaccine. And it has to be given out to those uh, most at risk, you know, older, older folks who are more susceptible to coronavirus and the symptoms thereof. Uh, so, it, but now it's almost as if you just walk in anywhere. I, I read the other day, I didn't get deep into the explanation, but there, the problem is that there's too much vaccine and, and not enough people to go get it. I, I personally, I'm okay being where I am unvaccinated because I largely spend my time uh, here in the in the basement studio uh, working and I'm only around my family. I don't go out much. If I do go to the Walmart, I always hold my breath when I pass people, but I've always done that. You all, that's a good tip. If you're in Walmart and you pass another Walmart shopper, hold your breath and then thank me later. Um, I, I'm not against getting the vaccine. Uh, I was actually sent an email from my healthcare provider and it read, you are now eligible because of your age to get the vaccine. However, because of supplies, you will be contacted. Don't call us. Don't contact us. It was kind of like Smokey in Friday. If you recall that, the film with Ice Cube Friday, when he was telling the, the, the big girl who, who he was told looked like Janet Jackson, didn't look like Janet Jackson. Anyway, he told her, he's like, uh, I, I want to call you, but don't come by here. If you come by here, I won't call you. Never, ever, 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 ever come by here. That's, that's what I got from that email. They were like, you're eligible. We can get you a vaccine, but don't call us. So I haven't, and I haven't gotten it. Now I'm told, you just go in anywhere. You can go into Walmart. You can go to Walgreens. You can go to CVS. You can go just get this vaccine wherever you want. But now I'm at the point where I can probably go choose. I can go to Walmarts and say, hey, what vaccine you got? And they'll say, hey, we got Johnson & Johnson. I'm going to say, nah, my buddy Ari told me he felt like hell after he took it. And there's that scant chance I could get a blood clot. And uh, I want the Pfizer. I want the OG. So I'm going to go choose what vaccine I get. It's two shots, though. So what?
1: Ugh, I got, one and done, I, listen, dude. Listen,
0: two shots are better than one. Wait, two what? heads are better than one. Two is better than one.
1: Okay. I'd
0: rather have... Look, the, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine... A, made you feel bad.
1: Two, will give you a blood clot, perhaps. Well, that was in only, y- apparently only young people suffer from the uh, Johnson Johnson hangover. Oh, really? That's so, what they were telling me. If, so you're you're over, you're, if you're over 60, you'll be fine. Well, I'm not over 60. You're not? I'm, no, I'm not over 60. Oh, man, I thought How you were old. How dare you? I thought you were old. I
0: graduated in 97. We went over this. Uh, no, I'm I'm 42 years old, and I'm feeling pretty good. And I'm going to go choose. I want the OG. I want the one that came out first. Actually, I want to find out which one has the highest percentage chance of giving me lizard powers. That's what I want. But we have new CDC guidelines if you are vaccinated. All right. The CDC says now if you are vaccinated, you can safely enjoy certain activities without a mask. The CDC says fully vaccinated people like you, Ari, can unmask at small outdoor gatherings or when dining outside with friends from multiple households. Cool. Yeah, so hey, there you go. You're free to go uh, enjoy your life, your private life, in your own household or a uh, consenting family's household and be with them outside without a mask.
1: Well, thank God. I've been waiting.
0: Well, I'm not... I, look, I live in Georgia. Um, we have been doing... Masks inside largely, uh, but outside, nobody wears a mask. If you were in a, like a, a crowded uh, room or a crowded area, like a little gate. If you're outside in a crowd, yeah, you might put a mask on as a courtesy. If you're walking back and forth, like to the bathroom, we go to a brewery every week and we kind of hang out and drink some some beers. I'll I'll put on a mask if I go to the restroom and if I walk back out. But if I'm outside. Yeah, nobody wears, a I'm outside. Not, nobody wears a mask outside. What is the CDC doing? Eh, they just what want to make doing? it feel like
1: we're making progress.
0: Well, some, well th- what they're doing, honestly, is they are they're maybe making things worse by, by being too cautious. Look, the incentive to get vaccinated. A lot of people are on the fence right now. I mean, I, I just told you. you know, some people are kind of waiting to see you know, which vaccine they want to get, if they want to get one at all. And so if, if the CDC comes out and says, hey, if you get vaccinated, you can go do these things that everybody's already doing, they're not, they're not going to see any incentive and in going to go get vaccinated. And In fact, you know, we, we've seen uh, like Texas in their Neanderthal thinking, uh, repealing their mask mandate. And, and I say that Governor Abbott of Texas, Greg Abbott lifted the mask mandate uh, over a month ago. And everybody said, oh, there's going to be a, an outbreak in Texas and it's, it's their fault. As yeah, Neanderthal thinking, said the president. Well, it, the cases have, have plummeted because there's you know there's no mask mandate and they plummeted. How do you square that? And then Dr. Fauci says things like, well, they must be behaving themselves. Oh, yeah. All of them are behaving themselves. There might be something to it. And, and, and I it goes back to incentive. It goes back to... Um, The false sense of security that is that is a charade by a lot of people wearing masks. Honestly, do you think your little cloth mask that half the time you wear under your nose and falls under your nose is really doing a whole lot? Dr. Anthony Fauci himself said early on in the pandemic that a mask is probably not going to protect you. As much as you think it is, he says it may prevent a droplet or two. This was very early on, and he changed his tune afterwards. But his first declaration on masks was probably more trouble than they're worth. You're going to be fiddling with the mask. You're going to be touching your face more. And so it's largely performative, the mask thing, I think we've found. And, and I'm just going to harken back to a, an example. And this is something my dad told me when I, when I started driving when I was a kid. He said, son, look, your seatbelt is valuable. It's going to keep you in the car should you get in a wreck. The airbags will save you should you get in a wreck. They could do all these things, but you still must be careful. You cannot have a false sense of security in a vehicle. He said, to be honest with you, those things don't make you drive safer. Those things might make you safer in the event of an accident, but they, they tend to make people feel a little bit more secure than they should when you're driving a vehicle. And he told me a story about an old economist. I, I, it, it, his name escapes me. But he said, if you want to ensure that people act more responsibly and drive safer, you don't make the car safer. You make the car more dangerous. And it sounds silly. It sounds ridiculous. Nobody would ever do this. But if your goal is to make people act In a more responsible manner to drive more safely or to take more precautions, say, in a situation where you're out among other people, what you don't do is have a mask mandate. Because if you say, oh, well, there's a mask mandate, it must be safer to go out. Just like in a car, when you have a seatbelt, you might, I don't know, you might grab that phone and text a little bit. You you might do something stupid. If you really wanted people to drive more safely, you wouldn't have a seatbelt, you would have a dagger pointed right at your throat out of the steering wheel that will guarantee that you drive slower, that you keep your distance from other vehicles, that you take it easy over those speed bumps, over those curbs. You will drive way more safely. If you had a giant pointed rod sticking right at your throat, that is going to incentivize you to act more safely, to assess the risk and act accordingly. Now, maybe it's because in places like Texas, in Mississippi, if there's no mask mandate, you start to think, oh, well, then, yeah, now I need to be real careful because there's no mask mandate, right? You should treat you should treat every risk like that. So, yeah, the mask mandates, they may have made things worse. The masks themselves, if you believe, depending on which uh, Dr. Fauci you believe, uh, they, they could make things worse. So. Yeah. I mean, the CDC guidelines, they're just telling you, you can do, nobody's wearing a mask outdoors. Nobody. So yeah, coming out going, Oh, Hey guys, here's, you can just do whatever you were already still doing. Uh, Go get vaccinated and you can eat outside without a mask with other people who are vaccinated. It just seems very silly. Uh, All of it because they, they, they really have no power to enforce any of that. It's just guidelines. And it's like, they've, They've been very wrong on a lot of of aspects to this. And I'm sure that they're very smart people working there. But this is a new virus that people have known very little about. Anybody who calls himself a COVID expert is full of it. You can't be a COVID expert. It's only been around for a year. How can can you be an expert? Dr. Fauci has been on every side of it. And by the way, anybody who calls her vaccination a Fauci-ouchie, oh my God, I want to punch you in the face repeatedly. It's the word Fauci algae. He had nothing to do with that vaccine. Why is he getting the, the brand? Why, why would he get it? Huh. No, the Trump lump. I don't know what you call it. It'd be stupid. All right, so uh, that's the latest on coronavirus. You can go do the things that you were already doing. All right, I do want to get into the Elon Musk stuff. Elon Musk is going to host Saturday Night Live. And there are people who are not happy about this at all. Who are these people? We'll discuss that coming up here with Nation of Jake on Tony Katz Today. Tesla CEO Elon Musk will host SNL coming up here on May 8th. So not this Saturday, but next Saturday. Uh, He will host, and I'm trying to figure out why people are so upset about this. Uh, There are some cast members from SNL who... Have spoken out. They've tweeted about uh, how they don't think that Elon Musk should should host SNL. And I'm trying to figure out what he did to anybody. I mean, look, he's he's made some some comments that have been controversial, but but nothing. Nothing that I think would disqualify him from hosting SNL. I think it might be a lot of fun. I mean, I think that uh, Elon Musk is a pretty interesting character. And I'd like to see if he's got some comedy chops. I think that might, be able, that might endear uh, uh, Elon Musk to some people. Uh, so I do want to get into that because these cast members on SNL, to be honest with you, they, they need stuff like this. They need somebody like Elon Musk to come in so people will actually watch the show. Because I recognize zero cast members from SNL. And I'm a big fan of SNL, uh, at least uh, past, not so much present. Uh, I, so we, we will answer that question in just a moment. I do want to give a definitive answer to another question that has been asked. Is that, why do you call yourself Nation of Jake? Jake. Well, it's, it's very simple. Um, I seceded from the union. And I now am a one-man nation, the Nation of Jake. I had a radio show called Nation of Jake. I've had a Twitter handle, Nation of Jake. It's just been a general brand that I've used for my content. I use Nation of Jake on the TikTok, on the Twitter, on the Facebook. It's just a handle. It's just a name I've used. But if you really want to get down into it, you know, when I got into radio, it was back in the day where people were getting all these, like, cool names, like cool radio names, except I wasn't on air. I was the guy who drove the van around for the rock station in Memphis. And they just called me Jake. And sometimes they'd call me angry Jake or Jake the snake or whatever. But when it was time for me to, to assume an air shift because a guy didn't show up one night and they said, Hey Jake, you want to be on the air? Well, I came up with Jake, but, but I didn't have a name. Like nobody, nobody gave me a cool radio name. And my name, my full name is Jake cook. Now, What's wrong with that name, you say? It's a solid name, and it is. It's a, it's a solid name, Jake Cook. But listen to the way I have to say it. Jake Cook. Say it already. Say my name. Jake Cook. See, when you say it, you say it like a normal person. Say it again. Jake Cook. Yeah, it sounds like you're saying Jay Cook. Because the hard C sound, or the K sound, at the end of my first name, it doesn't dovetail very well with the hard C of my last name. Jake Cook. So if I, I want people to call me my name, i feel like, Jake Cook. And it's really unnatural to say. So that's why Nation of Jake flows better. Nation of Jake looks cooler on a t-shirt. Nation of Jake, it kind of sends a message that I am a one-man nation. I am an island. I am an independent, free thinker. I am out here on my own. I'm glad you're with me for these few hours we're together. But make no mistake, I have no team. I have no Nothing except for my own lowly nation, population one. That's why I call myself Nation of Jake. For anybody on Twitter or anybody uh, listening uh, there in the building, where Ari is over there, going, hey, who's this guy he thinks he's a whole nation, thinks he's got a whole nation? Listen, I I, I would recommend that you do the same. Secede from the union, renounce any citizenship you have, and pledge allegiance to the only person that matters, and that is yourself, Nation of Jake. We will talk about Elon Musk and what he has done to make the cast of SNL so mad. We'll also get into the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and a potential ban on burgers. Ban on burgers? Are you kidding me? We'll do it next with Nation of Jake here on Tony Katz today. Look, I think Elon Musk is cool. I think he's probably one of the coolest dudes, the closest thing we've got to Tony Stark on this Earth. The guy's launching rockets. He's got SpaceX. He's got Tesla. He's actually made the electric car into something that people actually want. Chevy couldn't do it with the Volt. Elon Musk makes such a good vehicle that people want to pay tens of thousands, if not a hundred grand, for those vehicles, if not more. Uh, The guy, is he thinks big, He's a genius, and he's a billionaire, and he's out there speaking his mind and having fun, but that's not good enough for people on SNL, all right? And I, the nation of Jake, Jake Cook, love SNL, or at least I love the idea of SNL. I think that overall, I mean, it's been just an iconic show for so long, much like Tony Katz today, much like this program. I mean, this is is hallowed ground. Like, I feel like when I get to guest host on here that I'm actually on SNL. All right, that, that's how big of an honor it is. But look, SNL, I grew up on it. I, You know, I was a kid of the 80s, and with Nick at Night, they would play the original Not Ready for Primetime cast on SNL, and I would watch it. Aykroyd, Bill Murray, Lorraine Newman, Jane Curtin, Gilda Radner. Who am I missing? Chevy Chase, John Belushi. I mean, though, iconic, all of them. And then in the 90s, I watched live. as You call guys like Mike Myers and Dana Carvey. Phil Hartman, Chris Farley, Adam Sandler. Those are the two golden ages of SNL. It's hurting these days. It's it's become less comedy and more of a, a propaganda show. It really is. It's it's left-wing Democrat propaganda at this point because they 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 pull their punches. They don't they don't make fun of Democrats very much on SNL. Uh, they they usually target the right, they target conservatives, and so when you have an agenda. Your comedy ceases to be comedy and becomes more like propaganda to me. Now, uh, all these all these cast members on SNL, they've gotten so bold as to opine uh, on on who gets to host. And that's not their decision, by the way. And, And none of them have the clout of of any of the aforementioned players on SNL. All right. We've got Elon Musk. He's set to host the show on May 8th. In the uh, Washington, I'm sorry, not Washington, New York Post headline, Elon Musk's upcoming SNL hosting gig causes outrage among stars, using the term stars very loosely. Uh, We've got uh, somebody named Bowen Yang. Uh, He's he's upset that Elon Musk tweeted out. Let's just find out how live Saturday Night Live really is. And with a little devil horn. So Elon Musk is already calling his shot, saying, yeah, I'm going to shake things up here on SNL. Um, Bowen Yang was like, what's this even mean? And then you've got another guy, I guess, Andrew Dismuke. Now, I can't even hear in my head Don Pardo saying these names. Can you? I, mean, I remember Don Pardo going, it's Saturday Night Live. Phil Hartman, Chris Farley. You know that that was iconic. I Me mean, back the not ready for primetime players: Bill Murray, John Belushi, Lorraine Newman. Don Pardo was was the goat as far as announcers go. I can't even hear him say stuff like Andrew Dismuke. I can't, I can't even hear it. I'm glad he's not around to to see these guys because they're they're pitiful. They have no kind of say so. They they should not be opining on who gets to host. That call is made by Lorne Michaels, the creator of SNL and of Kids in the Hall. The, the, you, you should just shut up, be glad you got a job on such a popular show or at least one with such a good brand. And, and honestly, the big question is, what did Elon Musk do? What did he do to anybody? What was so bad that he said or did to draw the ire of the SNL cast that nobody's heard of. Uh, the the writer-turned-trooper, Andrew Dismukes. Andrew Dismukes! He he writes on Instagram, Only CEO I want to do a sketch with is Sherry O'Terry. That's his joke. Sherry O'Terry from the early 2000s. She was one of the cheerleaders there with Will, uh, Will, Will Ferrell. Uh, one of the Spartan cheerleaders. And she was very good on the show. Uh, th- those were two of the bright spots on that early 2000s cast. But... They're they're getting real bold, like they get to call the shots. And, you know, there have been other controversial figures uh, who have hosted SNL, and it's usually the biggest shows. In 2015, Donald Trump hosted. And a lot of people were upset. Why would you give him that platform? Why would you humanize him? Why would you make him more likable? Uh, dovetail that with, with Jimmy Fallon uh, messing his hair. Pe- there are people who ripped into Jimmy Fallon For having some fun with Donald Trump on his late night comedy show. They said you humanized him and you got him elected. And it's like, oh my God, calm down. Now look, Elon Musk, he's tweeted some stuff about the coronavirus panic being dumb. Maybe some ill-advised tweets, but he's not the only one. He went on the Joe Rogan show, I think, and he he lit up a reefer. And he uh, got high with Joe Rogan on his show and people who don't like Elon Musk for those reasons are people who are just jealous of Elon Musk it shouldn't have anything to do with the fact that he's a billionaire and I think that's where a lot of it comes from is that a lot of these quote unquote SNL stars uh, among which there are zero Ari Castle outside of the people that I have I have just named can you name one SNL cast member man I didn't even know the people you just named Right, yeah, I, mean, I don't either. You know what? I I can name you one. Uh, I can name you the two dudes who do the news. All right, I know oh, that Colin Jost. I know Colin, Colin Jost, Jost and Michael Che. Michael Che, yeah, I know them. And Colin Jost, I do know those guys because I've seen you know some of their bits. And Colin Jost is married to Scarlett, Scarlett Johansson, Johansson. Yeah, that's which how, is
1: that's how I know him. Yeah,
0: yeah, unreal. By the way, what a what a great pull by that guy. He a he's a good looking dude. He's not funny though.
1: I mean, he's not funny. I I, I saw
0: him. He was in this. He was in this Tom and Jerry movie that just came out. I saw with my kids, and it was. He was. uh, He had about all the charisma as a cardboard box on screen. uh, He's no good.
1: He's still married to Scarlett Johansson. Well, no, and good. Good for him.
0: him for that. Good for him. That's great. But honestly, man, there's not a Phil Hartman among them. There's not a Dana Carvey. There's those guys were such big stars. There's not even a Bill Hader among them.
1: Bill Hader know, was never a star. That's what
0: I'm saying. There's not even a Bill Hader. Oh, that was an insult to Bill Hader. Or, no, Aww. well, listen, I, I like Bill Hader. I like I like Barry. I, I think Bill Hader's good. But like Dana Carvey, when he left SNL, he was on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine. That's how big a star that guy was. It was a different era. It, it was it, it had funny people SNL and good writers. SNL stars used to
1: like be something
0: they had smigel dude it was so good i used to watch the same sketches over and over and this is like in the uh late 80s early 90s especially the early 90s cast i would tape it and i'd watch it over and over again i because they, they were so funny they were so good they were so good wayne's world was so good Dieter from sprockets was so good the church lady all that stuff and in in the 70s guys i mean that stuff was even better I mean, that was the first time people had ever seen anything like that on TV, on late night TV. My dad tells me stories. He says, oh, yes, son, listen, we used to stay home on Saturday nights because of that show because you couldn't watch it on demand. There wasn't TikTok or YouTube, though. Right, right. It was it was a a lot less crowded was the media landscape. And and I get it. That said, all the funny people are doing stuff on their own. But SNL somehow still it's a it's a staple. I just want to know what Elon Musk did to anybody. Like what? What is it? Just because he's a billionaire? And look, I get it. His dad, I think, owned an emerald mine, and he was a child of privilege. His mom was some kind of supermodel. Have you ever seen his
1: mom? Wait, his dad owned an emerald mine? I think so. Oh, I think, I think I didn't there know was. That.
0: But, but that said, though, it doesn't make him any less of a genius. No, it's more of an interesting factoid. <laughs> right. I, I don't think he. I don't think he saw a lot of of that money. Um, I think that uh, the dude was is, is just brilliant. Brilliant, started some businesses. Uh, he's he's unafraid. I'd like to see him on SNL. Honestly, there'll be a lot of people who are just going to watch just because of him. Because they're not watching for Andrew Dismukes or Bowen Yang. And Don Pardo's not even there anymore. So yeah, I, I'm, again, uh, I, th- I think I saw a quote, and, and a lot of this is just, this is just hype. Uh, they said that the uh, lead singer of Eve 6 uh, hated the fact that Ola... Elon Musk was hosting SNL. I'm like, yeah, the, the tender heart and a blender guy. Why are you even quoting the tender heart and a blender guy? Eve's sick. Get out of here with that. I'll, I'll watch Elon Musk do anything because I think the guy, again, it's like Tony Stark to me. Just do whatever. If he wanted to build an Iron Man suit, he probably already has. He's probably already got 40 of them robots guarding all his Tesla and SpaceX secrets. He launches stuff into space. He launched one of his cars into space for fun. Put him on SNL. Hell, give him his own show. You could buy SNL, buy NBC. All right, coming up, we've got a uh, what? We have a recall out in California. Gavin Newsom being recalled. This should be a zoo. Last time there was a recall, you ended up with the governor, Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? Uh, We we will see who has thrown their hat in the ring to possibly be the next governor of California in this recall election. Uh, Also, we'll talk about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and this this burger ban, this red meat ban people are talking about. How real is it? I don't think it is, but you got to. You got to look out for these creeping regulations that come in because first they're going to take your money and then they're going to take your burgers. And that is that will not abide. We'll get into that whole lot more here with Nation of Jake on Tony Katz today. A lot happening today on Tony Katz today with Nation of Jake. We've got Joe Biden. He's going to speak tonight to a joint session of Congress. He wants to spend $1.8 trillion more trillion on families and education. Rudy Giuliani, the former mayor of New York and Donald Trump's former attorney. He may still be Donald Trump's attorney, but he had a federal search warrant uh, executed on his Manhattan apartment. Uh, more on that in just a bit. So a lot happening, a lot of news breaking. We'll get into it all. Uh, but just days ago... Uh, we found out that there, the recall effort of Governor Gavin Newsom of California is well underway. They got more than 1.6 million valid signatures, which is uh, triggers a, a recall election uh, later this year out in California. Now, Gavin Newsom, this is a guy I would say is a very "do as I say, not as I do" kind of governor. Uh, he he made headlines. When he put California pretty much on lockdown and said that because of the pandemic, you cannot go out to eat in these restaurants, you cannot eat indoors, and then he himself would go out to a fancy steak restaurant for fundraisers, and he would do the things that he told everybody else not to do. Uh, California, they have had the uh, draconian lockdowns of schools, uh, businesses, been a pretty terrible place to live during a pandemic. Uh, They've been very heavy handed, whereas a lot of the other states here in our great union uh, have found ways to mitigate uh, those, those lockdown measures and actually uh, strike a balance between being safe and also allowing people to partake in daily life and commerce. Uh, So Gavin Newsom kind of put himself in this spot. Now, 1.6 million valid signatures. I think the Secretary of State I saw, they threw out like 20% of them. I I still think they have enough. But they they threw out 20% of the signatures because of signature match, which I was told is voter suppression, by the way. If you have the signature match or any, if you ever try to verify that people are who they say they are, then it's voter suppression. But I get, but I guess it's okay if it's in defense of a Democrat governor like Gavin Newsom. Now this is going to be an absolute zoo. It was a zoo last time, 20 years ago. I remember it well. Gray Davis got recalled uh, but for a lot of the same reasons Gavin Newsom is. I don't know if he was so egregious in his hypocrisy, but man, California was in bad shape. They had a rolling blackouts. Things were just not going well for the state of California. So Gray Davis got recalled, and that gave you the uh, election in which Arnold Schwarzenegger became the governor of California. And now there are people out there who do fantastic Arnold impersonations, and I'm not one of them, so I will spare you that. So this time around, uh, you're going to have some legit gubernatorial candidates uh, guys who maybe see an opening here, uh, businessman John Cox, who I believe has has run before out there in California uh, for congressional seats, maybe Senate uh, Kevin Falconer, who was the former mayor of San Diego. Uh, but you're also going to have more Hollywood types, perhaps running for governor, Caitlyn Jenner, the Olympian and transgender activist, the former Bruce Jenner. Caitlyn Jenner will be uh, running, or at least has declared her intention to run for governor. Uh, Adult film star Mary Carey will be there again. I believe that she ran in the last recall election. Uh, Randy Quaid has floated the possibility of being (laughs) Randy Quaid. Man, that guy. I mean, talk about, you know, being the Quaid brothers. I mean, how would you like to be Dennis you know, talking about your brother Randy, I don't know what that 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 relationship's like, but I I would imagine it it may, it may be strained. Randy Quaid is has been kind of goofy for a, a long time, so you've got the election coming up. They have not set a date for it, but this is going to be an absolute clown show, and um, it's kind of like uh, indicative of the whole state of California at this point. Um, you've got nearly a dozen people already pledging to run. It could take the similar tone to the last one, which had 100 candidates, 100 candidates the last time there was a recall in California. Uh, of course, they'll get all whittled down. Many of these will be serious candidates. Many of these unserious candidates. But it, it worked for Arnold Schwarzenegger. Who would have thought You know that today we would be talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger as the former governor of California? It could be Caitlyn Jenner. What, what if it was Caitlyn Jenner, governor of California? That would be, I think it'd be pretty cool, to be honest with you. Because I know that Caitlyn Jenner is not some uh, straight-up partisan type. Uh, I know that uh, when when Caitlyn uh, identified as Bruce Jenner, he was a pretty outspoken conservative. And, and some of those views may have evolved given that he's, Bruce evolved into Caitlyn. Uh, so we'll, we'll have to see on that one.
1: Are, uh, you, really as, ad, are you really advocating for Caitlyn Jenner? No, no, government?
0: I'm just saying it might be pretty cool. Like, you Will know, though?
1: different look. I or,
0: did you think it would be cool that Arnold Schwarzenegger was was, was governor of California? No. you don't know. I don't know. I think that Caitlyn Jenner might have some good ideas. You know? Why not? He's better than Gavin Newsom. Nobody likes him. They want her do-over. That's a so low bar. So why not Caitlyn Jenner? Well, I don't care. I don't live in California. I'm just here for the freak show. My man, Randy Quaid. Come on. Get Cousin Eddie over there. All right. We will come back. Joe Biden wants to spend $1.8 trillion. Will he get the money? We'll find out here on Tony Katz today. Rudy Giuliani being served a warrant by federal agents at his Manhattan apartment. Big story coming out of New York. Of course, Rudy Giuliani, former mayor of New York, Donald Trump's attorney. Is this legit or is this a political hit job? That's a question many will be asking. And the answer right now is I don't know. I have no idea what Rudy Giuliani may or may not have done with regards to the Ukraine. You will be hearing a lot of people saying this is a political hit job. This is political payback. Biden's DOJ is going after Donald Trump's guys, and it's political. I'm not going to make that statement because I do not know. I'm only here for another hour. What else do you want from me, Nation of Jake, in for Tony Katz here on Tony Katz today? Seriously, people like to do this. They will get a news story about which they only know a fraction of the information, and then they have to develop a take immediately and go, oh, yeah, my angle is, this is a political hit job. And you know what? If they're wrong, cost them nothing. Eh, I don't like to do that. That is not the way I do things here in the nation of Jake, which is, is totally taken over Tony Katz today, today. All right, so we will keep our eye on it. As the story develops, we will keep you informed. I, there's nothing wrong with doing that in light of breaking news. Do I think maybe? Rudy Giuliani has done some shady stuff. Oh, yeah, I think he's probably done some shady stuff. Uh, does the shady stuff rise to the level of having federal agents knock down your doors? Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. We, we did see the federal agents. Uh, they're, they're a little heavy handed with a with a few of, of Trump's guys. I really don't think that Roger Stone needed federal agents busting in to his house with guns in the middle of the night. I think Roger Stone probably would have just, you know, been fine if you just gone and arrested. But it was for show, largely. Same with uh, that other guy with the ostrich jacket, Paul Manafort. Uh, They they treated those guys uh, the way that Bill Clinton treated little alien Gonzalez. Well, they're busting in. It was like the borderline Waco stuff going on. And you're like, hold on. These are elderly dudes who will probably go with you and not put up a fight. Uh, I'm not sure what the scene was like in Manhattan when this federal warrant was served on Rudy Giuliani, I guess they're probably seizing records. You think Rudy Giuliani even has a computer? I don't know. He's, he seems like the kind of guy who would just uh, write stuff down or he would need help with his tech. Maybe his kid would have to do a lot of his tech work. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't like to speculate. But that said, one of the big stories today is that Rudy Giuliani could be in a little hot water with the feds. Whether it's political or whether it's legit, that is yet to be seen. All we have is anonymous sources at this point. That's another thing, man. The whole whole Trump administration it really wrecked a lot of the credibility of of the the media. I mean, what little credibility it had even at the time, a lot of anonymous sources, a lot of headlines, uh, bombshells that did not explode. But that's that's all over now. That Biden is in office. Yeah, you are not going to have these. These uh, media firefighters, you've just got the the, the the media arm of the Democrat Party. It's very easy, as I've pointed out, to be a Democrat president. All, all you have to do is you show up, you, you take some soft toss from the media, all of them softballs, It's kind of like when you're out there with your kid and you just hit it against the fence. Here you go, just a little soft toss for you. This is just for your hand-eye coordination. This is just to keep you sharp. All right, you're not getting the, the high heaters. Nobody's busting you inside. They're just throwing you softballs. Just batting practice. It's yeah, free swing, free and easy. We put it on a tee, but even that's too hard. Just soft toss. That's what Joe Biden is getting from the media. And we see it, man. You see, you, you might get the occasional uh, high hard one from a Fox News. You, you might get the the tough question, the one that you don't like so much. You you fight that one off and you just go to the next softball question. Very simple. Best job in the world, if you can get it, is to be a Democrat president. Because all you have to do is speak in platitudes and then tax and spend. That's it. It's all. It's simple. I wish I could get the job. I mean, I could never get the job, but I'd be great at it. All you got to do, answer the easy questions, pose for some photo ops, and then taxed and spent. Now, if we're if we're keeping count here, the COVID relief bill, only a fraction of which went to actual COVID relief, was 1.9 trillion dollars. 1.9 trillion, if I have that right. Now, a proposed infrastructure bill, I believe, is 2.3 trillion dollars. Did I say billion? I meant trillion. Trillion. Uh, just to make sure, I said trillion. 1.9 trillion. In COVID relief, just a very small amount of sliver actually went to COVID relief, and the rest was pork. $2.3 trillion in infrastructure, in which infrastructure has a very broad definition. And now today it's been unveiled a uh, family and education bill uh, for $1.8 trillion. I mean, if I'm doing the math right, it's two, two, four, six, six trillion dollars. You know, pretty soon we'll be talking about some real money. That's that's a it's that's crazy numbers. It's insane numbers. It wasn't, but about ten years ago, when you wouldn't even think a trillion dollars. I mean, I remember what the uh, the Obamacare bill or there was a stimulus bill. I don't know. They they were making a big deal that uh, there was a, a nine hundred and sixty billion dollar deal. Not even a trillion. And that was like, oh, my God, that wasn't but 10 years ago. Now it's just, oh, yeah, we're we're numbering in the multiple trillions, multiple bills for multiple trillions of dollars. It doesn't it doesn't make any sense. It's it's funny money at this point. It's it's real goofy to think that we are spending. But the problem is, is. When people hear me talk about that, when they say, oh, you know, we got to get spending in order, you know, they're going to say, hey, you're just like the rest of them. Uh, when Donald Trump was president, you never worried about spending. No, that's not true. I always have worried about spending in my personal life, in uh, in in politics. Uh, spending has always been a big deal. I am I am a a, a fiscal hawk. Uh, I I like the whole vote no. We can't afford it. We don't need it. Um, I'm always looking on how to not spend money. Uh, just ask my wife. I've got a new thing where I'll feed the kids. And my wife will be out of town, and I'll say, hey, this is what I fed the kids. And she'll get a picture of avocado toast, a couple of scrambled eggs, and some bacon. And I'll say, now guess how much money I spent on everybody's dinner tonight. Dinner for three people. And uh, it'll be something like $6.78. And that's how I measure success in my personal life. So yeah, so yeah, I am a bit of a a deficit hawk. And there's all this um, uh, quantitative easing where we're just printing out money. We're just printing it, and it's like, what? Why does it even matter anymore? it just doesn't matter. That's why we got these trillion-dollar uh, bills being proposed. Look, I came across this, uh, this video, and was just this guy named Godfrey Bloom. I don't even know who Godfrey Bloom is. I think he's some sort of economist. And in this video, I don't even know where he is or who he's addressing. It looks like the, the UN. It looks like the United Nations. You've got uh people with different flags on their desks, and they've got uh, uh headphones on and stuff. Um, but but this guy, I, I got to watching this, not even knowing who he was. I know he's British. I can tell by listening to him, and he's also got the uh, Union Jack there uh, on his desk. Uh, this guy, he just nails it, absolutely one hundred percent nails it. Let's go, Godfrey, Godfrey Bloom. Let's load it up, Godfrey. Where, where'd you go, Godfrey?
2: There he is. Oh, uh, well. Um, I'm a baby boomer. I was born just after the war. Uh, we've had probably we've probably uh, had the longest period of peace and prosperity uh, globally. Uh, I would say uh, from that time. I've put a little bit of modest money away so I can hand something down to my family when I pass on, largely because I've never spent more money than I've earned, and I've been prudent, and I've worked moderately hard. Now it always seems as to me as a complete surprise to politicians how countries get in debt. Let me explain, because I don't think you really understand it. It's because politicians consistently spend more money than they raise in taxation more money than they can possibly raise in taxation, most of which in point of fact they actually waste. The reason we're talking about countries which are broke, and they are broke, is because they're ridiculous, ineffective, ignorant politicians consistently spend more money than they can raise. And then they borrow. And they borrow. And worse, they then print money because politicians and their central banks have a machine which prints money. You do that as a private citizen, and it's a criminal offence. You would go to prison for doing that, and politicians and their central banks do it all the time. Let me explain to you that these countries are broke. And they're broke because of their own stupid leadership and politicians. And it's immoral, immoral to ask ordinary taxpayers of any country to pick up the tab for failed politicians and failed banks.
0: I love Godfrey Bloom. I love the guy. Apparently, he served in uh, the British Parliament for years, uh, some years ago. Uh, in 2014, I guess, was uh, the last time he he held office in the UK. Where's more of that? That guy so eloquently just puts people in their place. He's talking, yeah, look, these politicians, they will just waste your money, spend it uh, inefficiently, ineffectively, with all the waste, fraud, and abuse, and they'll go print more. And if you tried to do that, you would be arrested. You would have people banging down your doors like uh, Rudy Giuliani. You'd be taken off to jail. So, look, $1.8 trillion, what does it buy you? What does it get you? We'll find out. We, we have to read this bill. We've got, to, we've got to get the rundown of what is in Joe Biden's. Well, we do know this. It's going to benefit families and children in equality. Because that's, that's all they have in there. Speaking platitudes, tax and spend, that's all they got. Easiest job in the world. And we sit around and we just let them do it. And we ask very few questions, all like my man Godfrey Bloom over here. We need more Godfrey Bloom, less Joe Biden. We'll we'll dig into what $1.8 trillion is gonna get you. We'll do it next with Nation of Jake on Tony Katz today. $1.8 trillion for families and education. That's the latest bill floated by President Joe Biden. He will speak tonight to a joint session of Congress where he will to uh, Talk about his administration, the first hundred days, what he's been able to accomplish. And really what he's trying to do is get people used to the idea of this role of government uh, kind of uh, being, a, uh, for all intents and purposes, more of a welfare state. You know, I was always taught that the role of government is really just to protect you from me and me from you. And then we go out and we seek our fortunes and not hurt each other. That's that's kind of the role of government, in in my view. I still I still really believe that. I believe that this is a country that is too wide and varied, not just uh, geographically, but among people of different communities, uh, largely individuals. I mean, we are a nation of individuals, and the individual is the most sovereign. This is individual liberties what we're founded on. So I I disagree with Joe Biden, but I get it. I mean, you want to. Uh, Make life easier for for families. You want people to have uh, education and all these good things that we agree, but we just disagree vehemently sometimes on how these things should be provided. I like more so the idea of freedom, that, hey, I'm free to go out and get whatever I want by any legal means necessary. It might be more difficult for some people than others, but as far as the government goes, we're going to treat you the same. And I want that treatment to be uh, minimal. All right, that's that's my deal. Uh, I, I still believe in a laissez-faire system where the government that governs least governs best. I don't want high taxation and high regulation and because honestly, some of the things that Joe Biden wants to spend our tax dollars on, they might not be the things that I choose to partake in. For instance, a $1.8 trillion bill for families and education. He wants to give... Free pre-K, free, free, pre-K education to all three and four-year-olds, $200 million for that, which which honestly sounds like nothing in the overall scheme of things. $200 million, that's a drop in the bucket when you're talking about $1.8 trillion. But but think of it this way, pre-K is something that's it's kind of new. Uh, I was three years old in 1981 and four in 1982, so early 80s we didn't do pre-k man. No, uh, my, my mom stayed home and I stayed home with her and we would go to the store and we would go grocery shopping. I would play in the yard in my tank top shirt in my short shorts and I would get bitten by ants and I would go play. I did, and I did that till I was five. And then it was time to go to kindergarten. And you know what? I was fine. I wasn't left behind. I excelled in school. I knew how to read. I hit all the benchmarks. I was an exemplary student. I was a a standout all through my scholastic career, all the way up through college. I I did fine without the pre-K. But but nowadays, you would think that, oh, if you don't go to pre-K, that you are going to be left behind and you have to have it. You have to have the pre-K. You do not. This is daycare for people. Now, if I'm... Somebody who chooses not to have children, well, why sh- why should I get on board with providing pre K education to, to to everybody? You know why don't why don't you let uh, people in, in the local level do that like they do some places like in Indiana, Tennessee, Georgia, wherever it is they've got programs for people to to provide pre K for their kids. Uh, let, that that's that's where it comes down. To. I don't think there should be a one size fits all solution to any of these perceived problems throughout our country. Uh, so yeah, it's it's um, for families and education one point eight trillion dollars. Well, I mean, whether you it benefits you personally or not, you're still going to be on the hook for it. Now who's going to be on the hook for it? Oh yeah, just tax the rich. Just that's it. Just tax the rich. Just do it. Go ahead. Just uh, raise taxes to pre Trump tax cut levels. Um, let's let's uh let's raise capital gains. Capital gains tax, something ungodly. I think it's at 20% now. I want to go back at like 39%, 36 39% on, on people making over a million dollars. You say, well, that's just the rich people. It's only going to affect like just a few rich people. Well, a million dollars in income is not what you think it is. Just like we talk about trillions of dollars in these bills. Well, at that trillion dollars, it doesn't seem like as much as it used to. Well, what do you think that does to a million dollars? Talk about small business owners, people on paper who do bring in a million, a million plus, but that's on paper and they're going to get taxed through the nose and they're not going to be able to hire as many people. So you know what? You might not need the pre-K. You might not need the daycare. You know what? Cause you got your ass at home cause you don't have a job anymore. How about that? Well, no, fine. I just take care of my own kids now. That that's, that's really the, the trickle down effect like on the people like the lampoon on the trickle down, trickle down doesn't work. No, it trickles down. Yeah, when when expenses go up for businesses, when their tax bill goes up, you know what else goes up? Their prices. You know what goes down? Their operating budget. That's that's what that's how that happens. Means fewer jobs for you, and then higher prices when you go to partake in the goods and services. It's look, higher taxes and higher regulations. Even if you say you're using that money for uh, pre-K or free community college or whatever it is, it still needs to be cycled through that big government machine where it's probably 30% is probably taken off the top or more. Very, very few dollars actually go to help people. That's the problem. It's inefficient, ineffective. There's tons of fraud, waste, and abuse. And that's what you're going to get for your $1.8 trillion. All right, the latest on... Rudy Giuliani any, anything coming out uh, the uh, the warrant that has been served on Rudy Giuliani, and also the story about the burger ban. They say it's fake news. I say not so fast. We'll do that next here with Nation of Jake on Tony Katz today. I was relieved. To find out that Joe Biden's burger ban was fake news. It was days ago, it was written that Joe Biden, in his climate change proposal, would be curbing the production and consumption of red meat. And I was like, huh? And then it was said, no, that's not true. That's not in there at all. No, no, it's not. It It doesn't ban burgers or steaks or beef. And I was relieved. Uh, honestly, even if it was in there, I think that that would be an issue that even a uh, die-in-the-wool Democrat would have a problem with. Because I don't know anybody who doesn't like beef. It's what's for dinner. I mean, you know, there are vegetarians out there, but most vegetarians I know, they don't they don't uh, not eat beef because they don't like it. Uh, they have other, like you know, health reasons and whatnot. And they they really miss eating meat because there's nothing better than meat. It's the center of all of my meals. I I eat, whether it's fish, it's beef, it's chicken. I I like to eat animals. And I'll I'll tell you right now, people who don't eat meat, uh, they say, you know, it's it's better for you to go all plant based. And I just say, look, that goes against nature. Because if God did not want us to eat animals, He wouldn't have made them out of meat. They are so tasty and it's so good. And I just got a new grill. It's a refurbished kind of thing. I, I found a good, I, I cannot wait to go just buy as much meat in the reduced uh, cost section. You know, the, the old meat, the, day, the, the, the meat that goes bad like that day. I like to just cruise right by there, buy as much, I don't care what it is. If it's reduced for quick sale, it's for me. Take it home, throw it on the grill, eat it. I love it. So I, I'm glad that this was a, a hoax. And I, I think that this was also brought up here on Tony Katz today, uh, just days ago. Ari, did you have to shoot down? Or was there outrage about the burger ban? Nah, we didn't really talk about it. You didn't? Well, my God, you'd think a guy like like uh, like Tony Katz, who hosts a show about you know eating, drinking, and smoking, he would he would have something to say about a burger ban. Maybe he caught the news that it was fake news before. I mean, may, maybe he did his research. I was just taken aback. However, look. It may not be in the climate proposal that Joe Biden is proposing now, but make no mistake, curbing the consumption of red meat is on the agenda. All right. So I, I don't want you to to breathe the sigh of relief just yet. And this has been a few years in the making. You know, I got on the old uh, Netflix, I think it was a couple of years ago, and I was watching, there's all these documentaries, on Netflix and on Hulu and on Amazon Prime There are all these documentaries about plant-based foods, you know, and and all it is, is propaganda, anti-meat propaganda, you know, and then you have the Impossible Burger and the Beyond Meat, and then you had that draft of the Green New Deal that got out that talked about all the farting cows and how we have to. Uh, reduce the consumption of meat because too many cows are being raised and too many cows fart and they fart too much and it releases too much methane gas into the air and it's destroying the environment. Like, okay. like I said, t- take a deep breath about the, not, not, not of the methane, but take a deep breath when you're talking about a burger ban. It might not be imminent. It might not be on paper in any climate proposal today, but make no mistake. They are coming for your burgers. They're coming for your meat. They will. I'm serious. And once it gets rolling, you know, at first, it's about families and education. And then you get used to the idea of, oh, yeah, uh, America's most active senior, Joe Biden, is he's taking care of us. Oh, yeah. Providing education for families and money for people. like the, the old human fund. Bro, George Costanza's human fund, right? It all starts that way, and then it's like, hey, we need to save the earth. We need to save the environment. And uh, Jake, your steaks that you got at Kroger on a quick sale because they were going bad that day, or maybe the day before, you, you're gonna quit eating those. And that grill that you refurbished, you, all you you can only put uh, plant based stuff on there. You know, only asparagus on your grill. So look, people like Larry Kudlow. And Greg Abbott of Texas, they got exposed for disseminating the fake news, the sensationalist coverage of of a, a burger ban. But I'm telling you, be on the lookout for a burger ban. Like, look, like, I, I know that that was debunked, but man, there's just too much out there. There's too much propaganda. You'll see it. Oh, why beef is so bad for you? And here's the here's what it comes down to: nobody knows anything about what's bad for you. Man, nobody does. What was it? the The food pyramid? Yeah, the government they told us that the food pyramid was was uh, needs to be the 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 guide for everything. That screwed up an entire generation of people. Absolutely. When I was a kid, it was the food pyramid. Remember, what was at the base of the food pyramid grains. Yeah, yeah, bread, carbs, white bread, or, or whatever. It was just bread all your your whole diet the base of your pyramid is bread and then oh you you can't fat is totally bad fat is is terrible for you you can't you can't take in so much fat and so what happened what happened all these all these companies the conagras and uh the, the big food uh, pro, uh pro producers they said oh, hey look we we can't have fat content we can't have a lot of fat content or people won't buy it because the food pyramid says don't eat fat so we need to we need to have everything be 98 percent fat free or fat free okay well what do we put in there instead well um sugar all right let's do it so people started eating fat free yogurt and fat free chef boy rd stuff and it was loaded with sugar and carbs and it, it screwed people up people didn't know what was bad for them what was good for them they were like, oh, yeah. So they just eat all this fat-free stuff. Hey, it's fat-free. Well, then why am I such a tank? Well, it's because you're eating a ton of sugar is what you're eating. Oh, well, why am I getting so fat? I'm doing what the food pyramid said. I'm eating a ton of bread. Well, that's why. Because the bread breaks down in your body. It's just sugar. That's why. So, no, the government and their stupid food pyramid that screwed you up, you don't know how to eat. And it's it's a generation of people don't know how to eat because of the food pyramid. So I say all that to say this: do not believe a word that the government says about food. All right, they are politicians; they are not dietitians. They have no idea what they're talking about. All right, the the cows and the methane is is the least of our problems. All right, you know what is is, is contributing to the 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 war global warming or whatever the climate? It's the giant incandescent ball of gas in the sky and it's called natural variability for the most part are there things that we can do yes we can cut down on greenhouse emissions where applicable but when it comes to putting food in your body do not believe any of that propaganda from the government anything that's government funded that tells you to only eat plants is it it's just that don't believe it just do the reading you need protein you need meat. And again, if God didn't want us to eat animals, he wouldn't have made them out of meat. So yeah, the the, the, the burger band kind of scared me because I'm a, I am ai got this new grill that I want to cook a bunch of meat on. I'm glad that it's not imminent, but it's creeping in. It creeps in with the families in the free pre-K, and then they take away your steak, your flank steak, your skirt steak, whatever kind of steak it is, and they feed you uh, impossible meat or impossible burgers or beyond meat so gross. I don't want any lab-grown meat substitutes. Do you? No. No. I want to I eat a cow. Bring it on. Carve off what I want and ride the rest home, as Dennis Miller said. All right. We are going to wrap things up, and I, I can't get out of doing the Tony Katz program here with Nation of Jake without talking about some MCU stuff. Some Marvel stuff. Disney Plus, we just wrapped up the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm going to give you my best spoiler-free review of that program along with producer Ari Castle, And we'll do it as we return with Nation of Jake on Tony Katz today. Look for Joe Biden to address a joint session of Congress tonight. He will talk about Coronavirus response about how he's been successful in vaccinating 200 million people himself, man. How does the country's most active senior find time to go administer all those shots single handedly after creating the vaccine and saving the country from coronavirus? He'll also uh, talk about his uh, spending proposals, trillions of dollars for families, for education, for infrastructure, all those things, the role of government really is uh, what he's trying to expand and to get people to just kind of accept this is how it's going to be. It's like he wants to be the new FDR or LBJ. Uh, I guess you would call him J.R.B., Joseph Robinette Biden. Uh, The other big story that has crept up on us today, federal agents have, I'm assuming, busted down the doors of Rudy Giuliani on executing a search warrant. Uh, This all stems from some dealings that he may have had with Ukraine. Uh, Now, there are people speculating this is a political hit job. This is the Joe Biden DOJ taking revenge, exacting revenge on Trump's guys, and that this could only be the beginning. Uh, That said, I I don't know what Giuliani may or may not have done in the Ukraine with Ukrainians. I just know that there was always a lot of speculation about Donald Trump his cronies, and that part of the world. Uh, Again, I mean, this may be independent of anything that he did with Donald Trump. It may be all uh, woven together. All we know is that there's been a federal warrant executed at the Manhattan apartment of Rudy Giuliani. Those are two of the big stories. Uh, Elon Musk will be on SNL, not this Saturday, but next. And there are quote-unquote stars who are none too happy about it. Um, I don't know what Elon Musk did to anybody. He said some goofy things, and he's acted eccentric, but he's an eccentric billionaire tech genius. And I think that that would be the most interesting thing to happen on SNL, I think since uh, Dave Chappelle was on last. I mean, you need a big name at this point because SNL's got no big names. Dana Carvey ain't walking through that door. Uh, In other TV news, uh, Disney Plus has just wrapped up, released the final episode, I guess on Friday, of the latest Marvel uh, TV series, which is uh, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Now, this is uh, the second one. WandaVision was the the first Marvel MCU series that came out, and I liked it a lot. I liked WandaVision a lot. No, at first, everybody was like, what what is this going to be? But you kind of give it a few episodes, and it kind of comes together. I thought it was unique. I thought it was creative, and I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which follows Falcon and uh, Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier, it's a little bit more straightforward than was WandaVision, and I liked it. It was It was pretty, pretty good. It wasn't great. And I know that Ari Castle, you're a big MCU fan, and you usually hammer on me for being so critical of these shows. But uh I'd like to get your impressions of The Falcon the Winter Soldier.
1: I thought it was fine. I thought the uh the the wokeness was a little forced, but I thought it was I thought it was fine.
0: Little little ham-fisted on some of the themes, the social themes, and I agree. Uh listen, I'm not I'm not against uh these themes being there. You know, there was a lot about race and sh- social justice and a lot of the things that kind of we're seeing in the news, but it was the way they executed it I felt like I was being beat over the head with it instead of it kind of, you know, being woven in uh, artistically or subtly. It was, it was overt, I thought. And I kind of took away a little bit from the experience because, look, I'm, I'm fine with it. I know it's going to be there. And I'm not going to say that it was, it was wrong. I thought that some of it was, was actually pretty pertinent to what's going on in the, in the world. Uh, but there are people who will watch it and they will feel like they're being hit over the head with it and they'll turn it off. They'll just say no. This is getting too preachy, and so. But as far as just like a straight up action show, I thought it was pretty good. You know, I'd give it a, I give it a six, six point five out of ten. You think that? You think that's fair? Sure. Okay. All right. I mean, I was, I was hoping for more, I didn't, and and I, I don't really know what I was hoping for. But what do you do with those two characters in the absence of, of uh, Captain America? Who, if you didn't know. You know, at the old saga with Infinity War and Endgame, uh, Steve Rogers essentially retires. Uh, he goes away. Uh, maybe he's dead. I don't know. Maybe that's, uh, that'll be addressed later. But uh, he's an old man, and he, he tries to pass the mantle of Captain America to Sam, uh, the Falcon. And Sam's like, I don't want it. I can't. There can never be another Steve Rogers. But the, the government has a different idea. They say, no, we need a Captain America, so they give it to another guy, you know? And that that creates some conflict. But, you know, I think with these shows, and it, it, some are going to be hit or miss. They all can't be hits. I think that we've gotten spoiled with, with these movies, man. I really do. Uh, I, I think that so many of them have been so good, and there have only been a few that have been less than stellar. Uh, maybe one that was straight up bad. Uh, but even so, like, even a, a bad MCU movie is is on par with like, you know, just a decent regular movie as far as like the production. You know, you know that you're going to, you're going to know the characters, you're going to be somewhat entertained for the time that you're you're spending with it. But this is kind of a new deal for uh for Marvel and in MCU of these shows. And, and again, they they all can't be hits. The next one I guess is coming out is it is it Loki? That's yes. coming out Ari? Yeah. Okay, and so that'll follow uh you know the the villain I guess I, can you call him a villain? I think Loki, is he a villain? He's, he's villainous. He's uh so anyway, I, I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, Ari, he liked it. He thought it was pretty good. And when you get two guys like this who agree, it's just kind of, okay. I think that just kind of sums up exactly, uh, uh, what kind of impact this show has had There's only six episodes. So if you're gonna check it out, it's not as big a time commitment as a uh, traditional 12 or 13 episode series, but uh, I'd recommend it. Now, like I said, 6.7, maybe a seven on the scale. Didn't knock my socks off, but uh, some some pretty pretty good moments in it. And and also these shows, what they're gonna do is they're gonna uh, you know help just move move the story along and set up other movies in other shows. So if you're into it. You've probably already seen it if you're into it. If not, uh i I think you could enjoy it. Just as a one off kind of deal if you wanted to, you know, kill some time. Um you know, the other thing that I've been I've been doing is this 3D printing stuff. Uh here. It's I've got I've turned into this kind of eccentric weirdo and Elon Musk for the time. The three D printing, the cryptocurrency. We'll get into all that next time Tony calls the nation of Jake to fill in here. On Tony Katz today. So long, everyone.